0: So it's really good to see you all. I had not seen you in like two months. It's been a long time. I've missed you guys. And uh, I hope that everything's been going well. Um, One of the great things about preaching or teaching expositionally, which means verse by verse through the scriptures, is that even though I've been gone for two months, I can just come right back in and take up right where I left off. and, And we know where we are and we can get going again. We don't have to do a whole lot of backstory so y'all know for the last couple of two years or so we've been studying the life of christ through a harmony of the gospels and we've talked about how a harmony of the gospels means we take matthew mark luke and john and the first two chapters of acts and we we uh, learn about the chronological story of the earthly ministry of jesus and one of the main themes that we've talked about in the past, and one of the main, and the themes that we're going to continue to harp on is the kingdom of God. Remember, a kingdom is a king's domain. Right. And who is the king of kings and Lord of lords? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Jesus Christ. It's Jesus, that's right. And so, even when He was here in His earthly ministry, He was a king, and He came and He presented a kingdom to the people. And as that kingdom was presented to the people, um, they would react in certain ways. Some people would reject the kingdom. Some people uh, would reject the king. Some people would receive the kingdom. And some people were were kind of caught in between, whether they didn't know what to believe. And and so as we see Jesus coming along, he uh, teaches and preaches the gospel, The gospel meaning the good news of salvation. And he came and he brought that message to all of the people in the nation of Israel. And then the plan is after the nation of Israel receives that message, then he died. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And he's sitting at the right hand of his father in heaven now, watching as his kingdom continues to grow. And what is the process of his kingdom growing now? evangelism evangelism or the continuing of the preaching of the gospel so every one of you in this room if you're in this room today and you are a believer the reason that you are a believer uh, first of all because it's god's will but second of all because god charged his apostles his disciples with the mission of going out to all of the world and sharing the good news with the world and if you're in here and you're a believer today it's because one of those apostles went and did what he was commanded to do and so there's a a, a, a gospel secession that has gone on throughout history um your parents believe because somebody taught them and their parents believe because somebody taught them and their parents believe so on and so on and you can trace your faith back to the uh will of god and the uh willingness of the disciples, the apostles, to go out and do what they were commanded to do. And the persistence of the saints. Sure. And so, we had been talking the last time we were together. I just want to quickly remind you that the last time we were together, we had just finished up a class on how Jesus had cast a demon out of a man and then the Pharisees and the Sadducees and his enemies, the opponents of Jesus, uh, they accused him of being the devil that the reason that he had the ability to cast out demons was because he was the the prince of the demons beelzebub that he had satan within him and that it was his power that gave him the power to throw the, the demons out so let's go back and recall really quickly i want to remind you of something that we talked about that's of great importance last time we were together. And then we'll read the text, pray, and get into what we're going to talk about for today. Look back in Luke, the book of Luke, and let's look at Luke chapter 11 and verse 16. Luke chapter 11 and verse 16. This was the passage that we studied together last time we were together in February. In Luke chapter 11 verse 16 it says this. It says, others to test him, were demanding of him a sign from heaven, right? So these people who did not believe him said, give us a sign, show us who you are. Give us a sign so that we can know who you are. Now, what had he just done? A miracle, right? He had just cast out a demon out of somebody. That's a, a sign that he is who he says he is, because only God has the power to cast out the devil, and
1: there, can I ask you a question? Is it written in the Bible that only God has the power to do that, and not the devil?
0: Well, Jesus kind of says in the, in his reply to them, he said, "If the devil casts himself out, he's destroying his own okay. kingdom. Okay, why would he do that? He
1: wouldn't,
0: right? But he also sends <clears throat> disciples out to cast out. He get yeah, right. He gives them the the authority mm. to Cast devils out. But the power and the authority are his, his, not theirs. They're just the the vessels that are being used to do it. In the same way with the gospel, the preaching of the gospel. You and I don't have the power to convince anybody to believe. It is the word of God and the spirit of God that convinces somebody of truth. Now, that does not mean that we are not required to go out and speak those words because we are, as his disciples, we are the means that he uses to get his message across. But we are not the ones that convert people. It's the message and the power of God's spirit that converts the human heart. If I could convince you to believe, then that means I could convince you to not believe too. It's God that has the power to open our eyes to that truth. But I want to remind you again, so Jesus is coming and he's presenting himself as the king. He's presenting himself... As one who has these powers. And he's showing all of these signs. He's uh, causing deaf people to hear, blind people to see, mute people to speak, paralyzed people to walk, demon-possessed people to walk free of of bondage, of of possession. He's um, curing leprosy. He's doing all of the things that the Old Testament prophets said that the Messiah would do when he comes. And yet, even doing those things, every time he does a sign, every time he does something... They say, show us something else. Mm-hmm. So no matter what He shows them, never it's never good enough. Now, I want to remind you, flip back to... Keep your uh, your finger there in Luke 11, because that's where we're going to be today. But look look with me back in Luke chapter 4 really quickly. In Luke chapter 4, we have the temptation of Jesus. When the devil came and tempted Jesus and tried to get Him to sin. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm -hmm. All right, and we're going to look at Luke chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. Look what it says right here in Luke chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. And the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him and said, you, it is also written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So, the devil tempts, or attempts to attempt Jesus. And the method that he uses is, if you really are who you say you are, then jump off of this building and let me see the angels catch you, because the promise in Psalm ninety one or Psalm ninety, 90. one yeah, 91. is that that he will bear your you, you on it that that the angels will bear you. Unless you, unless unless you, you unless that's your foot against a stone. And so the promise is, is that because this faithful one has put his trust in, in God, God will protect him. God will provide his angels to protect him and keep him safe. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying is, he's, the devil's saying to Jesus, if you really are the son of God, if you really are the Messiah, if you really are this promised one, then jump off to this temple and let me see the angels catch you.
1: The devil knew who it was. They knew of course he knew each other did. before Jesus came right. to the
0: earth. But what did he say? He said, "For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you do not strike your foot against a stone." So what he's saying is, the Bible. This is the devil saying this now. God said, right? He
1: knows the, He knows. He scripture.
0: knows the scripture. He said, God said that He will command His angels concerning you, and they will guard you on your way. So. If you really are Him, jump off here and let me see the angels catch you. In other words, God will keep His promise. You show me that you are the promised one by jumping off here and let me see God keep His promise. And then what did Jesus reply to him? It is also written, you shall put not put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, you don't tempt God. Okay, God, I know you love me and I know you protect me and I know you keep me safe. And so, uh, I'm going to just smoke these cigarettes and never have to worry about lung cancer. You see how that works? Right. Because I'm a child of God, I can do whatever I want and God's going to protect me. He's going to keep me safe. And the reality is, is if I stand on top of a 10-story building and have all the faith in the world that I can fly because God will give me wings, I mean, I can really believe it to the point where I jump. Now <laughs> Now, is that proof that I believe it? Yeah, it's pretty much proof because if I didn't believe that I could fly, I wouldn't jump off of the building. But the reality is 100 out of 100 times I'm going to fall and I'm going to die. Why? Because gravity always works. God set the law of gravity in place and God does not change that law of gravity for us. And for me to jump off that building thinking God's going to let me be the one to slip through the cracks of the law is silly. You don't tempt God like that. Now, why am I bringing this passage up? Because this is what is in the heart of these men. It's the same question. If you really are of God, show us something. You see? They're the devil's children and they're acting just like their father. They're doing the same thing. Remember back in the garden. Did God really say you couldn't eat from all these trees out here? Eat from that tree. Just just go eat from that tree. God knows that when you eat from that tree, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to know different. difference good and evil, and you're going to be just like him. And he don't want you to be as powerful as he is. So just go ahead and eat from the tree. So the devil We're is... Which was a lie. Of course We're it was. A He's a murderer and a liar, and he has been since the beginning. And so the point being is, is that these men are being influenced by Satan, and they're trying to tempt uh, Jesus in the same way that their father did.
1: You know what, Ron? This is the first time I've ever paid attention to this in verse 5. It said, and he led him up. And I didn't even know that the devil even had led Jesus. I didn't never pay attention to that.
0: Right. Well, but we got to remember at the beginning of the passage in chapter uh, 4, it tells us that... uh, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. So the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and to be Spirit tempted, the and then important. the devil tried to lead him in temptation. so. Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, let's remember, first of all, that these people were demanding a sign. Show us something that you are real. It
1: seemed like Jesus got quite sick of that. You know, because it was always running into that. You Certainly. Know? Why did, well, he did he get me, sick it again, of it?
0: Did it Why did he get sick of it? Because he tells... Remember the story of Lazarus in the parable of lazarus he said uh, he said that he went down into hell and he said, "Oh God, my tongue is burning. Give me just a little water for my tongue and, and he basically says, "You are not going to get any relief here and he said, "Well, please, if you're not going to help me, please at least go back and tell my five brothers about this place so that they won 't come here. Remember the, in that story Did
1: he asked uh the rich man asked Lazarus to put the,
0: to let Lazarus put the water on yeah. his tongue. Right? Yeah. And what and did he Jesus... Right, right. And he said, he said, uh, please just go back and tell my five brothers about this place. And this was the response. He said, even if a man were to come back from the dead and tell your brothers about this place, they wouldn't believe. So what's he saying? The greatest sign that there is is resurrection from the dead. I mean, that's what Jesus did. He said, you destroyed his body in three days, I'll raise it up again. And the reality is that they didn't believe after he rose from the dead, did they? No. Now, one thing that we do need to notice is this, that God does not not cater to our unbelief. He's not going to sit there and show you signs just so that you will believe. Right? That's not how he works. Is that what the, what would you say, the modern day Jews actually still believe that Jesus did not worry? Yes. Not yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, and that's not just the modern day Jews. The, the Anybody who is an unbeliever. They do not believe in their heart see, that God was raised from today. Your faith is a gift
1: from God. So, if they're not believing, then obviously they're not one of God's children.
0: Right. But the the proof that they're not one of God's children is that the message is presented to them and they reject the message. All right, and because they're rejecting the message, they're showing what's going on in their heart. And the truth of the matter is, is that no matter what you show them, it's not going to change their heart. Don't want to believe. Right. No matter what you show, and so think about that even in, in, in our in our past lives. Think about the people that you know that are still caught up in drugs and alcohol addiction, right? Well,
1: there's a lot, you like can tell was... them anything, right.
0: and they're not going to listen to you. They're
1: not. I, I just they're had
0: good. a I had a young lady tell me just the other day. I just had a girl tell me this the other day. She said that she uh she has a friend who has overdosed on the. The what is that new stuff there, the fennel? Fennel. 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 She's overdosed like five times. And they come in and bring that Narcan stuff in and, and bring her back to life. She's been brought back to life five times for that Narcan stuff. And she's still going out and doing it. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that her heart is hardened to the real. Like, she literally has a desire to die. Now, she won't tell you that. and it, But
1: does it also tell us that God keeps letting her live? Is there maybe a purpose for her?
0: A purpose that maybe then when she died, he said, I gave you five chances. Oh, that's true. Okay. It could be any purpose. It could be for her to... To, to have an opportunity to come to saving right, faith in Christ.
1: Never, it could be. But times.
0: the point being is, is that her heart... And she cried, Oh, I didn't mean to do it. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done did. that. Right. And as soon as she gets a chance, she'll go back and put it right back in her veins right. again. Because her heart is driven towards death. The devil has her heart. And the devil is a murderer and a liar. And so what does she do? She murders and she lies. She lies and deceives people so that she can keep her habit going and she literally is killing herself. But it's a bondage that she can't get out of. And no matter what you try to show her as a person, it's proof. Like, Lord, you can go to her and say, Look at me. I used to be that this way, and now look, God has saved me and look how good my life is. Like I, I have hope, I have joy, I have peace, I have a good family, I have a good look at all this stuff. And she don't listen. You can show her all the signs in the world. You can take her into any kind of AA or or, um, any kind of meeting you want to and give all the wonderful testimonies that you want to give and they're not going to hear it. Why? Because their heart is hardened to the truth. The only thing that will open their eyes to the truth is the truth. And so what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to share the message with people, realizing that it's God that opens their heart, that it's God that converts their heart, that it's God's will and God's way. And you are not responsible for the reactions of the people that you share the gospel with. You're responsible to share the gospel. You can't convince people. And trying to convince people is a proof that you don't believe the power and the effect of the gospel because what you're trying to do is use your willpower to change somebody else's willpower. I
1: never thought about it like that.
0: The only thing that changes people's hearts is the message, the word, the truth. And Jesus is the living embodiment of that truth and he came to a people and what did they do? They rejected him. Why? they didn't want the truth. So let's go ahead and um, uh, read the passage that we're going to study today and open up with a word of prayer and get started. All right. So look at Luke chapter 11 and we're going to look at um, verses um, 29 through 36. Small section of scripture today that we're going to read. So let's read that, pray, and then we'll get started. As the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is a wicked generation. It seeks for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah. This is Luke chapter 11, verse 29. 29, 29. Uh, The second uh, section of verse 29 says, No sign will be given but the sign of Jonah for just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites so will the son of man be to this generation the queen of the south will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold something greater than Solomon is here the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at The judgment and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it away in a cellar, nor under a basket, but on the lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. The eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, your whole body is also full of light. But when it is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Yes, Lord.
1: My Bible says when your eye is healthy. And to me, that means a lot because when I was out there using, my, none of me was healthy. So that, that's Good. a big difference. We're going
0: to talk about it. Then watch out that the light that is in you is not darkness. Now, I want you all to, if there's any verse that we talk about today that I want you to go home and meditate on, I, this is one of them. Look what it says again. This is Jesus speaking. And what does it say? Watch out. What does it mean to watch out? Be careful careful that the light in you is not darkness. If therefore your whole body body is full of light with no dark part in it, it will be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines you with its rays. All right? So let's go back and talk about what we've read. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day thank you for this time that you've given us together thank you for your truth your word is truth i thank you that you have worked in the hearts of many of us here in this room today uh, to open our hearts to the reality of your eternal life that you have given us eternal life the precious gift that will never be taken away and that through your truth uh, we can both know this life and we can share this life with others i pray that as we talk about what we're going to study today that you will open our eyes to the light of your truth, so that we can know you more and more, and so that others can uh, share in your truth through um, the testimony that you have given us to give. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. So, one of the things that the people, his enemies were doing was that they were seeking to marginalize his effectiveness and his influence. Mm-hmm. Jesus was coming in and rocking the boat. These were the most religious people on the face of the earth. They wore all the right suits. They, they spoke in Scripture. They had Scripture tied on their foreheads and around their wrists. They had all the sacrifices. They had the temple. They had the name. They were His people, His chosen ones. These were His. And yet when the very Messiah who came to save them, came to save them, what did they do? They rejected Him. He was the very fulfillment of all of their Old Testament prophets. He was the very fulfillment of all of their Old Testament prophecies. And in the same way that the children of Israel rejected the prophets when they came in the Old Testament, they're doing the exact same thing to Jesus. He came to save them, and they were like, we don't need your salvation. We got a religion from God, and we don't need it get away from us with that so they were trying to marginalize his effectiveness and influence and so what did they do they said you're not from God you're from the devil well they were financially entrenched in this system sure sure and so we need to remember uh, that they got all of their power and their meaning in life from this from their lifestyle Like these men were looked up to by the people in the crowds because they were the religious folks and Jesus was coming in and challenging their supposed authority, challenging their, their their wisdom and their knowledge and their understanding of Moses. And they were the authority on Moses. How dare he come in? And when in reality, he's the one that gave Moses the message to preach to begin with. Mm. All right. So they accused him of being Satan. Now, remember the replies that Jesus had was Satan does not cast out Satan. That's one thing he reminded them of. If Satan casts himself out, then he's going to destroy his own kingdom. That would be silly. Number two, my power is greater than Satan's power. And number three, you must believe me or you're going to perish with the rest. So that was his response to them. The devil doesn't cast out the devil because if the devil cast the devil out, then he's... Uh, and you wouldn't be here. You would, yeah, you, Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and so, number two, my power is greater than his. And number three, you got to believe me, or you're gonna perish. Repent. Remember. I like
1: how he makes the comparison to himself about being Solomon and Jonah.
0: Yeah, we're gonna, like, we're going getting there right bad. now. So let's understand that in the passage that we're we're studying today, there's a reality behind that passage, and that reality is is there's a battle going on between two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And not only is that battle being played out before your very eyes around you in the political realm and the socio-religious realm, all around you, that battle is being played out every day. Not only so, but the battle is being played out in your mind heart every day as well, isn't it? Is there not a battle that goes on within us every day? All right, so what what is the key to winning that battle? Realizing that the battle is the Lord's. Realizing that... Uh, God's power is greater than the devil's power and we're realizing that we must believe him. And what is it that we believe? Not signs but his truth. The The true child of God will hear the shepherd's voice and follow him. And what does the shepherd's voice sound like? The word of God being preached and spoken. That's how we know that we're his children. That we delight in his word and we follow him and in not only in hearing His Word, but what? Obeying His Word. Because these men are expressing unbelief and a rejection of that unbelief looks like what? Snuff out the messenger. Take him out. But the true disciple of God believes the message and does what? Obeys and follows the messenger. You see the difference? The, the child of the world, the child of the devil says, kill him. The child of God says, follow him. You, you see the difference in that, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so um, look in verse 28. There's a reminder there that says, uh, He said to them, on the contrary, Blessed are those of you who hear the word of God and observe it. So when does the blessing come? When we hear His Word and observe it. Now, what's another word for the word observe? Obey. Huh? Keep. Okay, keep. Obey. If I observe something, what do I do? Do I see it. You see it. There's kind of a play on words there. So to really see God means to obey Him. You see how that works? If you really see Him, if you truly see God... Now, do you see him with your eyes? No. No, God is a spirit, and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. We can't see him with our physical eyes. But to a person who truly sees God does what? Obeys him. Why? Because an obedience to God is an expression of what?
1: Love.
0: Love and faith. Belief. Oh, belief. You see, faith. That's right. A person who has faith. In order to see God, we must have what? Faith. Faith. Mm-hmm. And a person who sees God observes God. And what does that mean? They follow Him, they obey Him. See how Jesus is using kind of a... There's kind of a play on words here. Observe, see. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you really see Him, then you follow Him. You walk in His footsteps. And that's how you tell the difference between a true disciple and a false disciple. Now remember... <clears throat> The world that we live in is full of evil people, is it not? Mm-hmm. But the world is also full of split-tongued hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find one, just go look in the mirror in the morning when you're brushing your hair. Because we say one thing with our mouth and we do one thing with our mind and we do another yeah, thing I'm with our body. But, right? We constantly we say, oh, I love God. Do. And he says what? Yeah, well, if you love me, then obey me. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is we live bipolar lives. Right. I get often.
1: irritated easily
0: lately. Yeah. All of us. All of us. Even as Christians, we're going to struggle and battle with sin, are we not? The difference in a child of God and a child of the devil is that the child of God battles with sin. A child, the child of the devil embraces it.
1: It enslaves it.
0: You see the difference? Okay. All right. Now, he says, the, "This uh, I am in verse uh, 29. The crowd was increasing. People were gathering around. This generation is a wicked generation. Now, what generation is he talking about?
1: This one.
0: <laughs> well, in a sense, he's talking about the nation of Israel at that time as he comes into Jerusalem to present the, the, his kingdom. though,
1: are, isn't Israel even today trying to tamp down the sure. worship of but, Jesus?
0: So this generation can be also, and it was actually talking about the very people there at that time who were rejecting him, mm-hmm. but it's also talking about this age, the, the whole temporal age of time. Like within this age, there are constantly those who reject his message. The majority. Wouldn't you say? The majority. That's true. Right? For the majority of my life, I rejected his message. Mm -hmm. And so, those that follow him, those that trust him, are a very small few. And it's evident by how they act, what they do. But he says, this generation seeks a sign. No sign will be given except for the sign of Jonah. Alright? For Jonah came... As a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. So, let's quickly remind ourselves of the story of Jonah. We're not going to go back and read that today. We don't have time. But think about it. What was the point of Jonah? Jonah was a prophet. Who was a prophet? Someone who does what? Speaks for God. Speaks God's Word. And he was commanded to go to a wicked and evil people, the Ninevites. Ninevites, Ninevites. Ninevites. Ninevites, and proclaim to them a message. And what was the message? God loves you and has a plan for your life? Yeah. No, the end is coming. Right. Was that the was that the message Jonah was given to give to the Ninevites? God loves you and has a plan for your life.
1: No, he didn't like
0: the Ninevites. Well, he hated the Ninevites, but he went and gave them God's word. But God's word was not God loves you and has a plan no. for your life. God, the, the message that Jonah had for the Ninevites was this. Repent. You are a wicked and evil people, and right. if you don't repent, if you don't turn from your sin yourself right now, God is going to destroy you.
1: You know what else I saw in my study Bible is um, uh, Jonah became a sign, a sign of judgment to come. Jonah's emerges from the fish, fish's belly pictured Christ's resurrection. resurrection. He was in the belly of the fish and three days. And Jesus tonight. clearly regarded Jonah's account as historically accurate. So he really, really went into the belly of that fish.
0: Sure. Yeah. All right, so think about that. The message the that Jonah was given to give to the Ninevites was not, God loves you and has a plan for your life. And that's a lot of the gospel message nowadays that we share with people.
1: But can you imagine anybody on the beach
0: that saw Jonah? Well, they didn't see him on the beach at Nineveh. He was—he had to walk there. He, oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay.
1: So How
0: could they deny that? No, that none of the people saw. The only person that knew he'd come out of that belly of uh, the whale was Jonah. That, that I, didn't, I didn't know that. Right. He didn't give them that sign. Okay. The Ninevites didn't have that sign. They no All they sign. had was the Word of God. And the Word of God was you're He's a wicked, evil people, for, and, for, God's, and God's, God's, God's fixing to destroy, God. to destroy you unless you repent. So repeal. there was,
1: okay, that, that's where I was getting, because if they'd have seen something like that, how could you deny but, okay.
0: Right. And so the message was, if you don't change, you're going to die. If you don't turn from sin and self, you will die. Of us, and what did the people in Nineveh do? They believed God Amen. and they repented. All right, They heard the message from God and they believed him. These, were, these Ninevites were not Jewish. They were wicked people that hated the Jews. These were outsiders. And so now Jesus is preaching to a group of Jews who knew the story of Jonah. that were insiders. And he's saying those outsiders heard the message and believed. You don't.
1: Wasn't Jonah
0: trying to run away from yeah. not doing what yeah. God told him to do? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how he got in the bush? Yeah, good luck with that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, the sign was of Jonah, interesting. he was a prophet from a far country.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Jesus is a prophet from a far country. Where is Jesus really from? So Heaven, you see? And, and he little came little to girl. a people and he proclaimed a message to them and that message was not God loves you and has a plan for your life his message was judgment is coming I've come to seek and save the lost repent, believe the gospel turn away from sin and self and turn to me and you will be saved and what was the reaction of those people in that crowd to that message? they rejected it and so what is Jesus saying? you want a sign You'll get the same sign that Jonah gave. There was no sign. There was no
1: sign.
0: There was a, okay, a message. Okay, I get
1: it. There was a message. What a hard you See day. how that
0: worked? <laughs> the sign is you're going to get the truth, and what you do with that truth is going to de- is going to be uh be the deciding factor in your eternity. In about
1: 30 years,
0: they got the sign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they the well, Yeah. The, the temple was destroyed. Their whole religious system was wiped off just, to the face of the earth. Exactly. So that. the sign of Jonah. Now, the also he also gives another example. He says, The queen of the south come to hear from Yahweh's king. What does that mean? Okay, so there's a story in the Old Testament. We we do not have time to go there and read it today. It is in you can write this down. It's in First Kings ten, verses one through thirteen. And it's also in Second Chronicles nine. 1 Kings 10, 10, 1 through 13, and 2 Chronicles 9, 1 through 12. This is the story of the Queen of Sheba. She heard about Solomon. Now, who was Chronicle
1: Solomon? I'm sorry. Second, Chronicles. Second Chronicles
0: 9, Nine. Nine. 1 through One 12. Through 12. Jacob's son. Yeah. Son? Not Jacob's son. Uh, David. David's son, yeah. Okay. So, who was Solomon? Solomon is the greatest king that the nation of Israel had known. David was actually the greatest king. Yeah. Solomon is the one who brought the kingdom to fruition. It was they they finally conquered all of their enemies and they had peace in the land. Now did Solomon do good? No, Solomon screwed up just like everybody else did. But the point being is is that there was a time in Solomon's life when he prayed to God and God spoke to him and said, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. And Solomon said, just give me the wisdom to be able to, to rule the kingdom. And God gave him that wisdom. And so now this queen has come to see what he has done. She's come to see the kingdom that he's built. She comes all the way down from North Africa and comes up to Israel and goes into his house.
1: So well, she's the queen of the south.
0: Yeah, queen of Sheba. It's, a, it's, a, okay. it's south of okay. Israel. And she comes there and he shows her um, all of the works that he's done, his armies, his land, his the, the temple, everything. Shows him everything. And then she tests him with all of these hard questions and he answers all of her questions. And she said, we have heard of you but now we've seen you are wiser than even the stories. Where's
1: where's that story at? You
0: just wrote it down in your Bible, Lord. Okay. First
1: second, King, the
0: Second Kings, and First King, the Second Chronicles. That story's in there. So the what's the point? The point is, is that the children of Israel were God's covenant people. That Solomon was the wisest of them all, and that he, the reason he was wise, the reason that that nation was blessed, because they were the covenant people of God. And this woman heard about it, and she came to see. And when she came to see, what did she realize? Well, first of all, she came to test Yahweh's king. Mm-hmm. All right, now, that's important. Who's Yahweh's king? Solomon. Okay, but, well, he's Israel's king. <clears throat> Jesus. Okay. Jesus is he's Yahweh's in. king. Okay. Okay, see? Okay. Now, what are these wicked people doing to Jesus right now? They're testing him, yes. aren't they? Yeah. You see? These people are testing Jesus, Yahweh's king. The queen of Sheba come to test Solomon, who was Yahweh's king. Right. And what did she do? She heard him and believed him. He passed the test. Yeah. She believed that he was as wise as what was told of him. Mm. She saw all of God's glory in his people. These people come and test Jesus, <clears throat> and they don't believe him.
1: Right.
0: So... The Ninevites and the Queen of Sheba both recognized God's message and messenger and responded in repentance. All right, let me read that again because that's one of the main things of our lesson today. The Ninevites and the Queen recognized God's message and messenger and responded in repentance. This generation, the one he was talking to there, this generation rejected that wisdom, rejected God. Mm-hmm. You see that what he's doing? So he says, uh, he gives the example of Jonah, he gives the example of the queen of the south, and he says, The men of the, this is verse 32, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it. What does that mean? Those Israelites are going to be standing in front of God on Judgment Day and the Ninevites are going to be a proof to them that they rejected the message. Because the Ninevites believed it. Alright? The fact that the foreign people received Yahweh and and His own rejected Him. Mm -hmm. That's going to condemn them. The Queen of Sheba believed me. The Ninevites believed me, and yet you rejected me when I came with the same message. You see how that works? Now, remember, this generation, we need to realize that that also applies to us, does it not? Yes. Because we're going to do something with the message of God as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So, the rest of the passage, we got about ten minutes left we need to get us. We need to find out what is the source of their blindness. What is the source of their blindness? So- yeah, it is himself. So let's look at what it says in verse 33. Luke, what, 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 uh, Jeff, on. Luke 11, verse Luke 33. 11. Okay. 33. Mm-hmm. All right. It says, No one after lighting a lamp puts it away in a cellar, nor under a basket, but on a lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. Okay. All right. So, what is the purpose of a lamp? To see. To see. All right. So I, 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 when I leave to go to work in the daytime, and I know I'm not coming on at night at night, I turn on the porch lights, and I turn on one lamp in and, and the bedroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why do I do that? See you
1: see you see. See.
0: So when I come in, I can I can see, and I feel no, kind of bad hard. for my yeah. cat and my dog. I, they don't really care, but I feel bad for them. I want them to be able to see their food bowl and stuff. So I leave the lights on. And when I come pulling back in the driveway, it's kind of a warm atmosphere in it. I look and see the yeah. the house. That's my home, that's home. And the lights are on. Right. You know? that's, it's just nice to come home to that. Yes. Right? And so the reality is, is that what is the light in this passage? That we're, Jesus. Jesus. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Mm-hmm. And so what is the purpose of a light? To light up the room. To light up the room. What are these people trying to do to that light? Put it, light Put it out. Put it out. That's that exactly right. All right? It says... The eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, your whole body is full of light, but when it is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Okay? There's probably not a single one of us in this room that at some time in our life are not used by a theme. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the purpose of using it by a theme?
1: Clear, it it clear your eyes. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: I thought I just took the red out. It, well, it does take the red out. Yes. But clear if you've enough. been doing things you ain't supposed to do and you're fixing to go into work, you need to take the red out. Why? Because nice. <laughs> if you get into work, what's going to happen? They're going to say, Watch your ass. Yeah. Question that's you accuse you. they going to speculate you. Uh, Did you know that if a policeman pulls you over now, they don't have a test for for marijuana like they do for alcohol? But did you know that they can hold their finger up in front of your eye to move like this and watch your pupils? And if you've been smoking weed, your pupils will, will shake. Like they can, they can tell that you're on something by mm-hmm. your pupils. When I was in medical school at, 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 in the you Navy,
1: medical school
0: in the Navy, I was a Navy medic, a field medic. One of the first things that we had to learn how to do was to test that of the a, a term pearl, P-E-A-R-L, pupils equal and reactive to light. So when you take a light and shine it in somebody's eye, what are people supposed to do? Close down. right? You take the light away and it opens up. So what you do is you shine the light in there and you make sure that it's opening and closing. And you make sure that both of them are opening and closing at the same rate. If one is not opening and closing, it shows you that there's something wrong with the brain. You see? So your eyes you are... saying a- something to me because I'm partially blind in this eye so whenever they check me... This eye that react. Yep, that's exactly right. Oh, wow, and that's exactly what Jesus is saying right here. The lights come on, and there's certain people that they just do not do react. react. Mm-hmm. So your reaction to the light is going to be a symbol of what's really going on inside of you. Right. So the question we need to ask is, "The eye sick or healthy?" So there's medical indications to that. If you are, um, if you've been on the, under the influence of some kind of chemical you're going to get all kind of uh, uh, redness in your eyes. Why? Because you're hypertensive, your blood pressure's up, your veins in your eyes are being are bulged, in. there's all kind of different reasons why. But the reality is you can look at someone's eyes and tell that something's going on. Right? You go downtown at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night, and you're going to see a lot of people, and their eyes are going to be just simply glazed over. Right? Like, uh... There's something wrong. Right? You ever meet some young girl who's met the love of her life and she's in love? Her eyes are gonna glit sparkle, aren't they? Mm. When people are happy and full of joy, they there's new, a there's a there's something different. Like, right? ah! There's something different about your eyes. There's
1: something different about folks' eyes when they love Jesus too. Yeah,
0: there's true. Now, what about this? What about when I'm sleepy or tired? Do my eyes look different when they're sleeping or yes. tired? Yes. Or when fr- so there is there are medical indications. Signified by what our eyes look like. Dave, if I look at your eye, I, there's probably a little bit of a glaze over <coughs> that eye, you see? Why? Because that eye don't work as good. So, what did Jesus say? He says, the eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, your whole body is full of light. But when it's bad, your body is full of darkness. So, then he says this. We need to understand that not only is there a A medical reality to your eyesight, (coughs) but there is also an ethical reality. Are my eyes full of generosity and sincerity? Are my eyes full of selfishness and covetousness and rebellion? You see? So my eyes are going to be an indication of what? What's going on where? In my my heart. heart. So medically... My eyes indicate what's going on. Can indicate what's going on in my brain. If my if I have a brain damage, my eyes are not going to react properly to life If I am hypertensive and about to have a stroke, and my heart's beating hundred miles an hour, my mm-hmm. eyes are going to fill with get bloodshot. Are they they going to. So it's my eyes are going to reflect the medical condition of my body. Well, the eye. What he's saying is your eyes also reflect the ethical nature of your heart and mind. If my mind is full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control, then my eyes are going to reflect that, are they not? Yes. Now again, it's not how just talk. Be it's not just talking about just your physical eyes. Right. It's talking about the outward you. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. So if my heart is full of the Holy Spirit, then my life is going to be a full of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control, and long-suffering. If the devil is in control of my heart, my life is going to look like it's controlled by anger, wrath, and envy, and jealousy, and strife, and heresy, and drunkenness, and carousing. What's carousing? Running the streets at night. You know, I, had a, I got a friend of mine that I go to church with, and he brought up something to me one time, and I had never really thought about it this way. I have to give him credit for it. But he said, you know, when kids are teenagers, they're rebellious. And one of the natural things about the human body is, is that we need sleep. Mm-hmm. And you know, my cat and my dog every night after the sun goes down, they come in the house and start getting sleepy. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that about 4:30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, they start waking up and they're like, "Hey, let us out." You see why? Because they're animals and they're naturally attuned to the world around them, mm-hmm. and they know that when the sun goes down, we go to sleep. When the sun comes up, we get up, we go. Well, what do you and I do? Well, today was my day off. I get up every every morning at 3.45 to go to work, except on Tuesday. Guess what I did? I stayed late in the bed until 9.45. (laughs) I didn't sleep all that time. I woke up actually about 6 and 7 and Mm 8. But it was nice to lay in the bed. Right? right, To rest. But here's the deal. Think about teenagers. What do they do? They stay up all night. All night. And they sleep all day. Why? Because within them, there is a rebellion against the natural order around them. Their natural body says, go to bed when the sun goes down and get up when the sun comes up. And the rebellion within them as teenagers is like, no, I'm staying up till 5 in the morning and I'm going to sleep till I want to.
1: Some adults do it. Well,
0: yeah, we do it as adults too. That's exactly right. And so that's the whole reason I bring that point up, Lawrence, is because we are going to react to God's truth in a certain way. Are we going to believe him and walk with him? Or are we going to live in rebellion to him? And that's kind of what he's talking about here. He says, the point... Now, we need to understand this. The eyes reflect the man and the woman. When I say man, uh, we're talking about mankind, okay? The eyes reflect the man, all right? When I see Miss Heather nod off, I know she's a little sleepy, (laughs)
1: right?
0: Mm-hmm. That, that, there's no denying it. it's okay Heather, to be sleepy. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, But it reflects. You see a little kid doing like this in church, right? Actually, I got called out for doing that one day in church too. But now I have to be very careful to stay awake because one of my friends, she told me, she said, I seen you back there, nod and on And I said, when did you see? me? she said, When I went to the bathroom. I said, Well, you went to the bathroom during church.
1: Right, during service. So, <laughs> and, and she
0: said, Well, if you'd been <laughs> awake, you'd have seen me. <laughs> you know, the, the point being <laughs> is, is that. Your eyes reflect who you are. Your words, your actions, who you are reflects who you are. And so I want to I want to narrow we got two minutes left. I want to narrow it down to two passages. Number one, let's look at this is way past this in Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Acts twenty six. Wanna look at that one passage and then I want to encourage you with one other word.
1: 26.
0: Acts twenty six and verse eighteen. This is the Apostle Paul speaking here. Acts
1: 26.
0: Yeah, we'll start at verse 15. Uh, Paul is giving a testimony of when God saved him. Remember when he knocked him off the horse?
1: We're we'll going start at
0: 15. 15. Yeah, we're we'll going to start at 15. Remember when God knocked him off the horse and said, Saul, Saul, why do thou persecute mount me? And he said, who are you, Lord? All right, So he, Paul is giving a Testimony to King Agrippa of what happened to him on the road to Damascus. That's what we're reading here. And he says this. He said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet for this purpose I have appeared to you to appoint you a minister and a witness not only to the things which you have seen but also to the things which I will appear to you. Things in which I will appear to you rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, watch what it says, to open what their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness for sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So he said, Paul, get up. i got a message for you. That message, that gospel message, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. And what is the purpose? So that you can be a light. So that that message can be a light to the Gentiles. And what will that message do? It will open their eyes from the darkness to the light. All right? Now, go back to where we were in Luke, and then we're done. We've got one more point to make, and then we're done. Luke 11 I want to bring up something to you. I'm surprised that Lori didn't get this. She usually chases rabbits with me and she did not chase this rabbit. And Holy so, Hold on.
1: 11
0: what? Um, <laughs> verse 31 of 11. The queen of the south will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And watch this. And behold, something... Greater than Solomon is here. Now, Jesus is saying something greater than Solomon is here. Why didn't he say somewhat? Is God
1: dwelling amongst them? Huh? Is God dwelling amongst them?
0: Well, no, no. So, he said. It is, it is. Jesus is talking to the people that hate him. Mm-hmm. And he says to them, the Queen of Sheba believed. Mm-hmm. And now, something greater than Solomon. Something greater than Solomon is here among you. And referring him himself as something. Right. He calls himself something. Mm-hmm. Like in the third person. But that's not what he's saying. No,
1: what? I... No. I think he's talking about a cosmic thing. In... No. Nope. No. What is
0: it? He's talking about the gospel. Okay. Something greater than God. Uh-huh. In other words, something is not only Jesus himself, but the message that he brings the wisdom that Solomon had was a gift from God who is wisdom incarnate. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? The wisdom that Solomon has is a gift from God who is the very incarnation of wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when Jesus said to them, something greater than Solomon is here among you, he's talking about a wisdom that is greater than Solomon and he's talking about himself. So he could have said, Someone greater than Solomon is here. Yeah,
1: but something but he didn't.
0: broadens it. The message, the promise of God, the truth of God is among you, and you're rejecting it when Solomon, when Sheba did. You see? That's the something that he's referring to the gospel. And now think about what Paul said. Or think about what Jesus said to Paul. I have given you a message to go out and share with the people. Mm-hmm. A message that will take their eyes and open them to the light and take them out of the darkness and give them a hope of eternity. That's the something. And that's the something. So, Jesus was the message and Jesus is the messenger. And what we do with that message and that messenger is a proof of who we are. But then also,
1: God and the Holy Spirit or are- In that too, it's not you can separate. What I'm trying to say is, you can separate Jesus from God and the
0: Holy Spirit, not really. No, but but
1: what I'm saying is, when He says it that way, it's bringing it all to play with the. So God God is
0: one. God is one being. Right. God is three persons. Okay. And those three persons are one. But when we speak of Jesus, we're generally thinking of Jesus as the one person. We're thinking of Him as the Son. God is it's one. my son. Okay, right. as one of one of the three persons. Right. Right. And so, uh, Jesus is not the Father, and Jesus is not the Spirit, but God is one. And the Spirit is not the Father, and the Father is not the Son. They all three have. I got it on my shirt right here. <laughs> but I'm gonna have to read Greek yeah, no I'm So okay so it, the way it goes it, you have the Father, thing for triangle father, son Holy Spirit. The Father is not the son, the son is not the spirit, the spirit is not the father but they all three in one exactly. are God And if I could if we could make it that simple where you could understand it with a diagram right. then he's not God. It's a mystery that we'll never be able to put into words. Exactly. But Jesus says always Jesus is the son.
1: I understand that. I think we just kind of balance semantics.
0: When Jesus says, I and the Father are one, he is saying we are one in being, not in person. Right. Okay, so, last point. Consider, remember what Jesus said, consider the light that is within you. Watch out that the light that is in you is not darkness. What does that mean? Watch out, be careful that the light that is in you is not darkness.
1: So how does that work?
0: Well, Tell me, Lauren. Finish it and then we'll go. We'll, call, we'll close in prayer.
1: The light that is in you is not darkness. So, but can darkness light be dark? A, no. no. Can light be dark? No. It can't. No. Light always overpowers the dark. Always. Yes. So how can the light inside of somebody be dark? Is, that dark. Doubt? is it not out? The is, light is, is, is this is, not because they haven't really accepted him they right really but it, the then conversion. it's not light to begin with
0: right. it's misconceptions it's it is a misconception to begin
1: with.
0: so think about these The think about the children of Israel they had the they were God's chosen people
1: mm-hmm. they still they, are
0: they were sent to be a right. light to the world and
1: they're not they're still not
0: they weren't they were darkness but in their own eyes we're, we're the light of the world. And so what is Jesus telling them? Be careful that the gold lightness gold. Of this in you is not darkness. So, yep. what is in that? the
1: Jewish center over there they have this quilt and they have a sign that says, If not us, then who?
0: So that's who he came from. Well but think about this no. though. What what is it? why am I wanting you to think about that message? because we can all be self-deceived Yeah, we can all think that we're okay and yeah, that we're walking if, in the if light what
1: we're saying or promoting is um, centered around us
0: that's not light it's got to be centered around the gospel around the message has of the God it's got to be centered
1: around Jesus Jesus is mm-hmm. the reason
0: and so we can deceive ourselves into thinking we're walking in the light when in actuality we're walking in the darkness
1: yeah but it's still not light
0: that's right, right. But this that's, is the, hard, to that's so hard to understand. It's not hard to understand. He's using, a, he's using an oxy, he's using an oxymoron exactly. to emphasize mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. Like jumbo shrimp or a dodge ram truck. You can't dodge something and ram it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Jumbo shrimp. They're, how can something be a shrimp and be jumbo at the same time? Mm-hmm. It's an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. How can something be dark and light at the same time? Can't. It can't be. But you can be deceived into thinking that the darkness inside you is light. It doesn't work the other way around. If, if the if light is inside you, you won't lies be. Lies
1: and let other people believe that it's light, but it's not.
0: That's exactly right. You can try to deceive others that what you have is light, when in reality so you have just darkness. Just deceiving
1: okay. yourself.
0: All right, Father, thank yeah, you for this it's time it's we to had together.
1: others too, which would be a much greater. Thank you
0: event. for the gospel message. Thank you for your truth. Your word is truth. Thank you for loving us and sharing that truth with us. Lord, I pray that you will use this message as a way to challenge each of us to realize what a special gift we've been given and give us the desire and the uh, understanding that we must share this message with others. Um, I pray that you will continue to conform us to the image of your son as we study your word, and I pray that you will continue to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.